Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the structure of the Bible. Um, so this channel is all about um, Christianity, uh, understanding the Bible, the Word of God a little bit more. And I think that sometimes we'll just dive in. We'll do some Bible studies. But before we dig into all that, I want to talk about the structure of the Bible to understand how it's laid out. That way we can navigate it as we go into future podcasts and dig into the word of God and what it says and what it means. So, first of all, Bible means book of books. The Bible is actually made up of 66 different books um, with over uh, 40 different authors. And um, there's uh, 1,189 chapters, 31,000 verses, uh, to be exact, 31,102 verses. And the Bible is split up into two major sections. That's the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament has 39 of the books of the Bible, uh, 929 chapters, 23,145 verses. So majority of the Bible is the Old Testament. So uh, over two thirds of the Bible is made up of the Old Testament. The New Testament has 27 books. Uh, 260 chapters and 7,957 verses. So each uh, Old Testament and New Testament is broken up or divided into five different sections. So the Bible has 10 sections altogether. Five other sections are in the Old Testament and five other sections are in the New Testament. The reason these are broken up into these sections is because of literary styles. Um, in the Old Testament, we have what is called the law, the Pentateuch or the Torah, which are the first five books of the Bible, Genesis through Deuteronomy. And uh, these books, there's only five of them. Um, these books are a narrative, talks about the creation of the world, um, the family and how Israel becomes a nation, the laws that God gives to them, the covenant promises that he makes with them. So those five books are basically considered at one section. The historical books of the Old Testament, which are the next 12, which is Joshua through Esther. And um, there's 12 books in this section with the historical books. Uh, it's telling the history of the nation of Israel, um, how they became a nation, um, how they conquered the land that God gave them. Um, and it's giving more of a historical narrative of what happened. So it's, it's very descriptive. Um, so it's just describing what's going on, not necessarily what's always right and what's always wrong. Uh, there are certain things that will say that, you know, uh, God saw this as wrong or he did right in the eyes of God or, you know, things like that. But what you'll find out is more than often it's describing everything that's going on, whether it's good or bad. So those 12 books are broken up into their own section. Then we have what is called the poetry and wisdom literature. Uh, this, the next five books of the Bible, which is Job all the way to Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, depending on uh, what Bible version you have. They may have labeled that book of the Bible differently. But um, those books in the wisdom literature has more so to do with how to deal with life in a wise and understanding uh, manner with insight and guidance. Um, it also has a lot of metaphors in this section of the Bible. 
So even though there's a lot of metaphors in this section of the Bible, it just tells you that each literary genre has to um, be looked at from different points of view in order to understand what the person is saying and in order to apply it to your life. Um, then we have the major prophets. Um, the major prophets start at Isaiah and end at Daniel. It's five books in this section. Um, this is really to do with um, a lot of prophecy towards Israel and, and in the future, um, pre-exile, uh, during the exile and post-exile period in Israel's history. Um, a lot of messianic or messianic prophecies are dealt with in this section. So there's a different way of having to view it. Uh, there's a thing called near view and far view prophecy. And basically there are some prophecies that are fulfilled at the time that the prophecy went out, but the fullness of that prophecy may not have been fulfilled till later on. So uh, we have to understand that, that some of the things that you read in that prophetic section have not even come to pass yet. Most of it has come to pass. Most of it has been fulfilled. But there are still some things that came about in those prophetic sections that have not come about yet. And um, you have to have that understanding when it comes to reading the Bible and understanding the future of the world and everything that's, you know, going on around us is these prophecies are still being fulfilled. And if you understand these prophecies, the ones that haven't been fulfilled yet, you can understand what the world is going through and, and where we're headed. Also, we have the minor prophets, which is uh, Hosea all the way to Malachi. And it's 12 books in this section. The reason they're called minor prophets isn't that they're less important than the major prophets. It's just that they wrote less. So there's still prophecies on um, near view, far view prophecies, messianic um, prophecies and things like that. Dealing with Israel, the future of the uh, world and people in general, just like the major prophets, they just wrote less. So they divided them um, differently. But it does hold the same literary style as the major prophets as well. Um, some of them actually lived during the same lifetime. Now we have the sections of the New Testament. We start off with the Gospels. There's four books in this section, uh, Matthew through John. And um, the Gospels is a, a narrative story of the life of Jesus, his life, his death, his ministry, his resurrection. And um, that is the, the main point of a Christian worldview is to understand that um, Jesus came to die for our sins so that we could be forgiven, that we could be restored to a right relationship with God. So the Gospels explain and tell that story. Then you have the early church history or the history book of the New Testament, which is the book of Acts, where it begins to explain how the church was formed after Jesus' life, death and resurrection. Um, they believe that Jesus truly rose from the dead and they went about spreading that message to the whole world. And that's what the book of Acts is going to explain to you. So um, when we look at it as a Christian and interpret those things, we're interpreting the descriptive passages of what's going on. And if I'm a Christian, just as these people were Christians, uh, what are some of the things that they did wrong that I need to stay away from? What are some of the things they did right that I need to follow as well? So that's kind of how the book of Acts works. Uh, then we have the Pauline epistles or the Paul's, uh, Paul's letters. 
Um, there's 13 of those books. We also have the general letters and epistles, and there's eight of those. These books are um, pretty much argumentation type books. Uh, they're basically trying to use the Bible, the Old Testament, some, book, uh, some things in the New Testament to explain what it means to be a Christian and how to live a righteous life. And the things that um, these books are normally written to specific churches or specific uh, people, and it's to help them better live a life that's pleasing to God. And um, I think that's the best way to describe those books. And when we look at those books, we have to understand what is he saying they're doing wrong? What is he saying they're understanding wrong? How did, okay, what is he telling them to change? That way of my life is kind of similar to theirs. I know how to change it as a Christian as well. Um, so the Paul, Paul's letters are written by the Apostle Paul. There's 13 of them. And then the other eight are written by other apostles or um, people that were affiliated with the apostles. And um, those books are written normally to specific people or specific churches as well. They have the same literary style. It's just Paul wrote over two thirds of the New Testament and um, his books are all put together in one section by the general epistles, epistles or epistles written by other people since they wrote less are also put into a separate section. Then you have the prophetic or apocalyptic book of the New Testament, which is Revelation. The reason it's called apocalyptic is because um, there are still some things to come and it has to do with the end times. Uh, when everything's said and done, what's going to happen, what it's going to look like. So that's a basic structure of the Bible. I know that this uh, podcast episode is a little slow um, and it's basically a whole bunch of information and facts. It's like, well, why do I need to know these things? Um, being able to know these things will help you as you begin to study the Bible, as you begin to talk about the Bible, read the Bible and how you understand it when you know that there are, uh, there are sections of the Bible that are broken up into different literary styles, you can know how to come at the interpretation of that passage. Um, I will deal with um, that a little bit more about the literary styles as I go in further and start talking about um, Bible study methods and why literary styles are important, especially when it comes to something like poetry. Uh, poetry is um, basically um, giving metaphors so it might not be speaking specifically on reality but it's speaking about reality of a specific situation in a certain way um so they might say my enemies are coming against me like a flood or like a storm but what they're really saying is uh the attacks that the enemies are bringing upon them in the physical realm almost feels like being caught up in a flood or being caught up in a storm as a human being, there's really no way to fight it. And um, the metaphor is that his enemy is overwhelming him in his own power and strength. He can't fight back. Um, and then David, you know, basically says that, but you, Lord, are my rock and my refuge that I run to my strong tower. And basically what he's saying is um, in order to get help, in order to get that protection from my enemies so that I'm not overtaken, I run to the Lord and he protects me. So um, being able to understand those metaphors, I understand that it's speaking in a metaphorical language that allows you to understand what God is for you. And the, it even highlights there the importance of prayer and why it's important to pray to God and ask him for help, understanding that I 
uh, in my own strength cannot overcome the obstacle before me. I can't deal with it. I can't fight it. So I need your help, Lord. And because you ask God for his help, he provides it for you. So that way you're not looking at a, 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 some of the poetry and basically saying, okay, now I need to find Google Maps and I need to know what tower on earth is called the Lord. So when the enemy comes against me, I can run to him. Yeah. You know, we don't want to take it literal in that sense since it's metaphorical. It's explaining what God does as he protects us in the physical um, with metaphorical language. That way we can understand how powerful God's protection is. Well, thank you. God bless you. And I will see you next time.